0: Good morning. Welcome to week five in our series, Arrows. We've been spending the last couple of weeks uh, talking about parenting and relationships and trying to figure out how we uh, can do the best at this parenting journey that we have been called to. I hope that you've been uh, enjoying this. Uh, I've enjoyed developing these and uh, we are moving right along. By way of review, we start off the first week talking about aim, making sure that we're focused on the target which is eternity and then of course we talked about the two R's rhythm, the pace at which we run and of course release that the arrows are designed to fly to hit the target on their own last week we talked about opposition that there's real forces that are really opposing us, and we have to be uh, against those things and make plans for that. Today we're on W, which after reviewing all of that, perhaps you haven't picked up on it yet, but I'll spell it out for you, right? Parenting takes work. So the W in our little uh, acronym here is for work. Parenting takes work, right? It's hard. It's not easy. It tries our patience, and we need to be prepared to put the work into parenting that it takes to get us to that place. We've been using Psalm 127 as our launching off point, so we'll put it up here on the screen. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm going to use it to remind you, and that first verse really lays it out for us. It says, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain, right? That labor term, right, means that this takes Work. It takes work to build a house, so I'm told, right? I don't have any personal experience with that. But you've got to have all of these things lined up. And it says unless that work, unless that labor is focused on these things of eternity on the Lord, then it's kind of wasted. It's kind of not pointed in the right direction. And no matter how strong you are, how early you wake up, how diligently you work to provide for your family, if it's not pointed at the target of eternity, then it's ultimately in vain. Now, we can even take this idea of, of parenting taking work one step further. We can say that relationships of any kind all take some kind of work. Right? Any type of meaningful relationship, be it with your children, your spouse, a friend, a childhood friend, a co-worker, all of these relationships take some amount of effort to maintain a friendship, to maintain a relationship. You've got to make a concerted effort to, first of all, be present in each other's lives, right? Not just expecting them to come to you. We've talked about playing tennis in the past, that being friends takes lobbing it back and forth across the net. You've got to make time and space for relationships. And number two, you've got to have some level of gut-level honesty in any type of meaningful relationship. You've got to be able to say what needs to be said, otherwise you risk the relationship just becoming superficial. You might say hi on Facebook and really that's it, right? You'll remember their birthday or something like that. Because any relationship, for it to be a significant relationship, takes our own personal investment. And that means having some difficult conversations, right? There's no substance in a relationship and it's really not much of a relationship. So any relationship that's worth having takes work every kind of relationship that you have takes some kind of concerted effort for it to exist even if it's just your neighbor right your neighbor is in a relationship with you simply because of proximity But if you moved from that home to a different home, you might find your relationship with that person changed when you didn't see them every day, just walking to get the mail or when your kids were playing in the front yard, right? When we have these relationship work, we have to put the work into them. Again, this is true in marriage and of course it's also true with our children. I don't think there's a more important place for us to invest in to put work into the lives of raising our children. And the distinction here is this, that parenting takes work, right, you've got to manage schedules, you've got to get homework done, you've got to get them off electronics into some kind of outdoor activity that burns energy, it takes work to maintain the sanity of our lives. But it's also an area where it takes so much work and we're less focused, perhaps, on the outcome on the other end than in other relationships, right? For instance, if you had a friend and that friend never didn't seem to want to play tennis with you, and maybe when you got together, they were always negative and they weren't quite a fulfilling, uplifting relationship, you might evaluate those outcomes and go, you know what, this just isn't worth the effort that I'm putting into it. Sometimes we evaluate that in our marriage relationships. We say, hey, I feel like I'm putting more in here than you are. Can we have this conversation? Can we work it out? With children, though, it's hard to have that conversation, especially depending on the stage of development that we're in. Right? Kids are difficult to evaluate whether or not it's worth it because you, you, you really can't leave them, right? Like, that's kind of a rule. Sure, I know there's nuances, but nonetheless, we're stuck in this relationship, whether the outcomes are good or bad and sometimes that means that maybe we aren't as focused as we ought to be at putting the work into those relationships sometimes for me maybe for you there's just an endurance we seem to tolerate it to survive it and this can look and change the way in which our children's attitudes towards us and us towards them happen It can look and feel like our children owing it to us right you're the kids we're the parents so you got to do what we say But when we devolve to that level of relationship, we make it a dictatorship where we stop trying to form them as human beings. We stop orienting them to the target, and we become overly focused on perhaps other areas of our own lives. Selfishly, we're devoted to work or to hobbies or other relationships. And if we are living with tiny humans with which we don't have a relationship, that can make an already stressful environment even more stressful and tense and ultimately destructive so while all relationships take work parenting is no different i think that when it comes to parenting more than any other area we need to adjust our thinking right because being a parent is easy anybody can do that but succeeding at parenting coming up with the win, takes aim and concentration and focus and is so much harder I heard a story this week about a son and his dad who were going hiking in Glacier National Park and they knew that there was a chance that they might run into bears and so the son who lived in the area said, hey, we should, we should get some bear spray. The dad who was visiting got a little wide-eyed and said, oh, okay, that's a good idea. So they go into the store, they check some things out, they grab the bear spray, they continue the drive to the hike as they're driving up the hill they're about to the parking spot the dad's fidgeting with the can right he's reading and he's trying to understand all these things as they get out of the car they're putting their backpacks on they got sunscreen on they're ready to go and at that moment the dad kind of looks forlorn at the sun and goes so when do we put on the bear spray (laughs) the object there, right? So you don't put on bear spray. It's like highly effective mace. You spray it at the bear and you hope that you get him in the eyes and you run as fast as you can. The point of that story is simply this. Having something is not the same as knowing what to do with it. Just because you have the bear spray doesn't mean you know and understand how to apply it. Just because you have relationships may not mean that you know how to cultivate and tender those relationships. You can be married and have a spouse but have no clue how to exist in that relationship. As we just said, being a parent is easy, but raising a child is very, very hard. So parenting takes a lot of work. If something takes a lot of work, then we should have a plan as far as how to accomplish that work. A structured, intentional thought-through process with what our hopes and dreams and aspirations are for our children. Listen to the way that Paul says this when describing any journey of faith in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. He says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Look, in the race of life, some people are just loping along, right? They're just hoping to finish. But we have the opportunity to create and to work out a plan that helps our kids win the race that God has set out for them. And this is important, right? It's it's their race. They're the ones who are running it. But we have the divine privilege, the audacity, the invitation to be their coach for the journey. It's their race. God has a call for their life. We're just stewards and shepherds of the arrows that God has entrusted to us, but we have the ability to help them achieve their best in the race, to teach them good training habits, to help them, as Paul said, not run aimlessly or to beat the air, but to focus on the plan and path that God might have for them. This means that we can't mess that up, that order, right? Sometimes we forget that they're in the game and we're not. We like to live vicariously through their experiences, sign them up for all the activities and hopes and dreams that we didn't have as a child. But the point is that we're preparing them for their race. We're their coach, their encouragement. We're in their corner. And we must help coach them to win the race, which is the ultimate prize of eternity, right? Not just to get stronger, not just to run aimlessly, right? If we're coaching them to do bicep curls to win a foot race, we're probably off base. Proverbs 22.6 says it this way. Start children off on the way they should go, and even when they're old, they will not turn from it. If you've been in church a while, you may know the King James word there, which is train up, right? There's training to do. We have the opportunity to orient our kids on a path and on a direction in front of them, right? So what good is it for us if we train them up to do things that maybe aren't as eternally significant as other things? What good is it if they get the scholarship but they haven't learned how to treat people with respect? What good is it if they get straight A's and pass the ACT but they don't have but they haven't learned the ability to care for and love the people around them? What good is it to raise smart kids who make a ton of money but have no idea how to manage it? Jesus might say it this way, what good would it be for someone to gain the whole world and yet forfeit their soul. So in this grand narrative that we're weaving together, we recognize that we have an aim, right? There's a target, there's an eternity, there's a release to come. We want them to hit the target. We've set the rhythm and pace for our lives and we're in a battle with a real enemy. And all of those lead us to face the reality, and if you haven't felt it already, that this parenting thing is really hard. And being an effective, healthy parent who raises healthy, smart, contributing human beings to society will not happen on its own. And while I feel like we've beaten this idea of intentionality to death in this series, when it comes to the work that it takes to invest in our children, I think there are a couple unique battle plans that that we need to invest the work in, that we need to have objectives for, that we need to be coaching them on, that we need to put our shoulder into make a concerted effort because they're the places where our parenting worlds carry the most weight. So while you already know that parenting is hard work, here are a few areas that you can't afford to not put work in to invest in your child's life. The first is this, life skills. Right? Simple enough, but there are basic needs that need to be invested into your children. Things that you're probably already doing and you can invite them to participate in with you. These can look like chores or projects, right? Just being part of the family is that we work for objectives that we're trying to achieve together. So Saturday, we're doing a landscaping project. I need your help picking weeds and picking up rocks. Cool. Do I get more allowance for it? No. You get to experience it. Because right? you're a part of the family and this is just what it takes to be a part of our family. Now, speaking personally, I'm a little bit weak in this area of my life. I don't have a ton of life skills. My dad grew up on a farm and he's pretty handy, but he worked very hard so that he wouldn't have to fix things himself. Right, He made sure that he wouldn't have to do all the farm chores when he got older and that me, his child, wouldn't either. But the downside of that is that when I got married and the water heater blew up at midnight, I didn't have a whole lot of life skills to contribute. I called somebody and then I went back to bed, right? Because I hadn't learned some of those skills, right? It doesn't work in life. So the better off that we can set our kids up with some of these life skills, the better we'll prepare them for the multifaceted, multivaried life that's ahead of them. Now, I'm not saying you have to be an expert in home projects or the mom who can cook or sew or do anything, but there are things that you do know that you can pass on. And the hope would be that we don't do that accidentally or hopefully, but someday, but we do it right now, that we do it on purpose. So create a bucket list for your kids to learn before they reach certain age and mile markers. What do they need to know before their 10th birthday? What can they or should they know how to do? Clean a toilet, mow the yard, do their own laundry. How about before they get a cell phone? What types of things do they need to know how to do before we entrust them with a multi-hundred dollar cell phone device, right? Before they get a car, they better know how to put gas in it, how to jump a car, how to at least check the oil. Right? I'm not saying there's an exhaustive list, but I'm saying you can make a list of practical life skills that as your kids age into certain mile markers, you can intentionally develop and coach those life skills within your child. Even if that means watching a YouTube video together so you're both learning how to tackle a problem, right? There's no shame in that. If you're calling a professional, have your child be the one to ask if he can watch so that you can learn together from someone who's above your pay grade at fixing these types of things. We should have a plan to teach our children some basic life skills to pass that on to them. Secondly, we should be teaching our children respect. Another word for this might be soft skills, right? If there are physical skills that we need to teach them, there are the relational components and dynamics that we need to teach them as well. These are the opportunity that we have to learn how to treat other people, how to greet people by looking them in the eye and giving them a firm handshake. These are interpersonal relationship options. How do we treat people? How do we talk to people, right? Not just the adages of treat others how you want to be treated, but examples of how to work that out. How do you have conflict? How do you have disagreement with a friend? How do you stand up for yourself? When is it better to back down and when is this more about you than it is about them? Quite frankly, our world is bankrupt in this area, right? People tend to be the worst at respecting each other, right? Everyone seems to be out for their own good, looking out for number one, get ahead any way that you can. And if we want our children to be heralds of God's kingdom, to set a different standard, then we have to teach them and coach them constantly. Not so they're set up against the world, but so that they can stand firm in the world and demonstrate a kingdom perspective by standing up for what's right and championing the cause of the oppressed. All right? More so than life skills, respect and soft skills are more caught than taught. They're exemplified rather than explained, right? When we go into the house, the man's name is Mr. Franks. We'll introduce ourselves. We'll shake him by the hand. We'll look him directly in the eyes. When someone comes to our home, we'll open the door for them. We'll offer them something to drink. When we get get to grandma's, we'll do this and then this. Each time you're modeling, coaching, and explaining on repeat how to have healthy relationships with people. Right. Growing up, after every birthday and Christmas, my mom would incessantly make me write thank you cards to everyone, to brother, to grandma, to grandpa, to my uncles, right? I hated it so much because after my birthday and after Christmas, what I wanted to do was to go and play with the stuff, not be stuck writing thank yous. But guess what? I write thank yous now. I actually write a lot of them. I get a lot of feedback from people about how meaningful it is to receive a word of encouragement or a kind note or just a thank you for their service. What that taught me was soft skills and how to do it. It's an incredibly valuable skill that's been proven over time. So in our house, we talk a lot about how God created us to love people and how when we interact with people that we should be the face of God to them. So when someone treats us badly, how do we respond in the way that God might respond? We're always hoping for the best for the other person and we're here to help them experience God through whatever actions we can take. Whether that's a smile or a welcoming environment or even having a hard conversation about how their actions made us feel. Right? Soft skills, respect, communication, and care are one of the biggest areas that we are responsible to invest in our children that will pay dividends not only here and now, but for sure into eternity as well. So we've got life skills, those physical traits and characteristics, we've got respect and soft skills, caring for people. The third area that you need a plan because you're the loudest and probably the only voice that can speak into it, we're going to call identity. Maybe you like the term self-respect better, but we're going to create a plan, a safe space for our children to explore who they are, who God made them to be, to fail and then to ask hard questions and hopefully to receive truth implanted into the core of who they are by us as their parents. We're living in a world that is continually becoming out of sync with the values espoused in Scripture. That we would never dream of things that are appropriate in today's day and age that are being introduced into our children's lives as absolutely, completely normal. Right? Through cell phones and the internet and the continual progress of life's biggest issues are being pushed down further and further into childhood. Right? Consequently, our children are dealing with identity issues that their minds and bodies are not equipped to deal with. They're asking questions that 20-year-olds ask, but they're asking it at 12 and 10 and 8. And I'm not saying this to incite fear or to make us circle the wagons, but to recognize that we need a plan for shoring up the God-given identity of our children, for investing truth and sound teaching into the fabric of their lives at an early age. Right, it used to be that you could take a coming of age trip at 16 or 18 and that would be enough to spark the flame for adulthood for your kids, that's no longer true. We need to be taking smaller trips at smaller ages, having the opportunity to invest at earlier and earlier ages so that when they approach these difficult circumstances in life they have the bedrock of a relationship and a foundation with you as their parent this takes creating space for difficult conversations. A safe space where nothing is off limits. Where you're leading even in the conversation to teach them what's safe to ask and what's safe to process. We've said that this is hard for anyone to do, but this is especially difficult in the digital age and especially on issues that kids don't want to talk to their parents about. Relationships, sexuality, race, worldviews, these critical conversations are all already happening in the lives of our children. They hear it on the news. They hear it in our dinner conversations. They talk about it with their friends. And if we don't have a plan to talk to them about these incredibly sensitive issues, then someone else will have those conversations with them. And if we haven't made space for it, that will be our fault. You need a plan to invest in their identity, to have these critical conversations that change and grow your child. Whether that starts as daddy-daughter dates or mom and son coffee dates, up to texting protocol, right? If they're in a situation where they need help, they know that they can text or call you and ask you a certain phrase. I heard of one family this week who the code for a serious conversation is asking dad for a beer on the back deck. That means root beer for now, but it means that this is a solo, sacred conversation about something that matters and something that's had in confidence. Whatever you need to put in place, start experimenting now. But you have to find space to pour into their lives truth and godly heritage to shore up their identity in Christ at an early age and to let them hear those things from you. You absolutely don't have to have all the answers. You just have to be willing to listen and journey with them to discover what God has for them together. Speaking of which, if you don't have a prayer list for your child, why not? The most foundational thing that you can give them is advocating for them before God and begging for God to give you wisdom and insight about how to raise them in the fear and admonition of the Lord. Which leads to the last critical area that you simply must have a plan for in your child's life. You must have a plan for faith. No easy way of putting this. Parents, you are the spiritual leaders for your children. They will learn nothing about the kingdom of God that you don't teach them or set up for them to learn. And while Sunday school at church is great and we love it, your personal faith will have the greatest impact on the faith that is present in their lives. Because even if you have perfect Sunday morning attendance, 52 weeks out of a year, and you have the opportunity that you make sure they're in Sunday school every single week, that's 52 hours a year that they get to hear the message of the gospel compare that to the 8,760 hours in one year. Those 50 hours might be a great opportunity to start a conversation, but they're nowhere near the amount of time that you have invested. Parents, if you want faith to be a meaningful part of your children's lives, if eternity is in fact your aim for them, you must have a plan that exists in your home and not just at church. This is actually our whole philosophy on kids ministry here, that we can't be the primary spiritual voice in your child's lives, but that we can equip you to be that voice. So I know it's been a couple months, but think back to that packet of papers that your kids always have when they go home. At least one or two of those sheets is for you as their parents so that you know the conversations that they were having. And there's daily talking points for you to follow through with them as far as what the sunday school lesson was right and parents even during covid we've got your back with this each week you have access to lessons and songs and take-home questions uploaded for you and customized by age on our website it's www.porch.church forward slash kids Just forward slash kids. You can find every single week there's new content. You can go back in time, get reviewed a little bit, but there's tremendous resources there to equip you to be the primary spiritual voice in your child's life. And it doesn't have to be complicated. It's one question over dinner. It's one video a week. It's one opportunity for you to set aside a focused time to talk to your child about matters of faith. We've also compiled a a list of parenting books for you. There's an Amazon link that is going to be on that kid's page as well. So if you want to read more, become equipped more, maybe you want to follow through some age-appropriate parenting guides, we've got all of those linked for you at the website as well. Perhaps you have a specific question about something that you're facing right now in your life and you'd like a godly perspective on how to parent your kids through that, head over to ParentQ.org. Right? This is a website that's part of our curriculum. It has blogs and posts and resources on every subject, from friends to first dates, from puberty to pottying. So if you haven't checked out the ParentQ webpage, in addition to the ParentQ app, you should do that. Now right like pause go do it save it in your bookmarks i'm dead serious the point is that we know that parenting is a lot of work we know it's daunting and that there's no manual and nobody really told us how to do this and especially when we talk about our spiritual life many of us aren't confident in our own spiritual knowledge or practice let alone trying to teach that to someone else which means that unfortunately we don't lead well in this area Just like I don't know that much around my house and I'm less likely to let my son follow me around and watch me fail and struggle and watch 10 YouTube videos for fixing something than if if I were more confident in it. And I get that. It's hard to be a parent and to lead in this area of faith. But perhaps the best parenting advice for raising up children who know and serve God is to make sure that they see faith as a priority in your life. They should catch you reading your Bible. They should catch you praying over them, praying before dinner, having spiritually significant conversations. Meditation and fasting should be observed by them. Look, our kids can't grow our faith beyond our own, which means part of our battle plan for their faith must be raising our own as well. Parenting takes a lot of work, so much work. And to complete that work, we need a plan, an action. We need steps to take. We need to reframe the work that it takes away from us and view it instead as an opportunity to invest ourselves into the future of our children. Right? Financially, we all know the phrase, we want to make our money work for us, right? So we invest it so that one day we can retire and not have to work. It's the difference between investing money in a future hope and dream versus spending it on what's at our fingertips right now. This week, I want to empower you to reframe your time with your kids, that they don't take time and work and energy from you, but you are investing in them for their future. If you make wise investments, then that will pay dividends over time. We've been talking all series about how to make this tangible and how to to make this something that we can carry this series with us, and so we made up some stickers. I believe that this is from Aaron Wick and Aaron Skull and Trista helped design it, but we we made up these stickers, and and our hope is that you'll be able to take these and place them somewhere where you can see them regularly, whether that's on a car or on a mirror, maybe it's on your cell phone, maybe it's on uh, your computer, somewhere where you can see it and be reminded of the investment that it takes to pour into our children. So that's our challenge to you, is that you would take the opportunity to grab a sticker, maybe one for each child. You could write each name on each one of your arrows. We just want to remind you of this conversation in the days and weeks and months ahead as you learn and grow through this parenting journey. So if you're at the church building this morning, you can pick one up before you leave or a couple. If you didn't come to church this morning, then you learned your lesson, didn't you? No, I'm just kidding. We have a form that you can follow up. We're trying to QR code as well, so you should be able to go to porch.church forward slash arrow and uh, fill out a form to request it there, or you can scan a copy of this QR code. Just hold up your phone to it. The link should magically pop up, and you can request those stickers. You can swing by the church and grab them. We can mail them to you. Whatever's going to serve you best. The point is that parenting is hard. We want to be the loudest voice encouraging you in your plan and in your journey with raising your kids. We know it takes work and we want to encourage you to put in that hard work, to keep it on the forefront, to continue doing your best and to know that the Lord has equipped you for this task and for this call. Next week, we're going to finish up this series, and I hope that you'll join us as we conclude. But this week, I want you to be encouraged, to know that God's with you, to know that he's got a plan for you and for your children, and that you are right where you need to be to execute that. Be blessed this week.